This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him as we broadcast you from Littleton, Colorado. We're so glad to be here. By the way, it is really nice in Colorado in the middle of July. We're so grateful to have no heat, no humidity. It's amazing. And mountains with snow on the background. It's, it's fantastic. Martha, before we get to our guest today, as we've been brought here by Marketplace Chaplains, we want to make sure people know how to connect with us online. That's right, Jim. So they can go to our website, iworkforhim.com. There we have a lot of social media options. So if you go to the scroll to the bottom of the page, you can connect to us on all of the different platforms. And I just want to encourage people to do that um, because that is how they can, um, you know, see daily what we are doing, the radio shows that we are having. Um, we post the links out there, um, but there's other ways that, and we love LinkedIn. Um, that's another way that people can, so all those links are there and we just encourage people to go check it out so that we can stay connected and let us know who you are. And a shout out to all of our stations all over the country. And of course, a big thank you to Marketplace Chaplains today. Mm -hmm. Check them out online, mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. You know, when an organization grows, as a Jesus follower, the leader is no longer able to impact the culture on his or her own. The leader, he or she needs to add to the organization in order to get the help they need to carry that culture all the way through. And as an organization grows, the leader isn't able to pastor everyone as a leader any longer. So how does the leader keep the culture Christ-centered and healthy? Well, with the help of a chaplain. Many of you have heard of us speak many times about Marketplace Chaplains on the air. Today, we're being hosted by Jeff Reinhardt and Marketplace Chaplains right here in Littleton, Colorado. Jeff Reinhardt, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, good morning, Jim and Martha. How are you today? Good. We're, Thank we're you. excited to be here. We appreciate all the work you've done to line up some incredible guests. Why don't you start off introducing, well, you know, before we do that, just give me one minute on why a Christ-following business owner or leader should consider bringing a chaplain into their organization. Because if they are truly a leader in their business and as an owner, they have more important things to do as uh, related to the bottom line and than to um, be a pastor to everyone. They can and they do inadvertently many times, but when a chaplain comes on board, we can take some of that confidential pressure off of that business owner and it makes it a little easier on them on their hr folks and we uh, we really strive to serve the employees the best we can confidentially so anything that they have as a problem does not go to the company owner well and it's true that there's no way that every business i mean that an employee is going to share all of their issues with a business owner because they might be worried about losing their job because sometimes they have some pretty serious issues that's the value of a chaplain because it remains confidential between the chaplain and the employee right exactly exactly and many times they're uh, more apt to share with the coworker who really doesn't want that burden and so they end up taking away from the productivity of both the coworker and themselves within the business setting so a chaplain takes that away uh, and gives them an opportunity to have somebody to speak with when you'll be hearing lots more about marketplace chaplains throughout the show today but just want to make sure we give a, a, a quick plug jeff you've done a great job lining up guests why don't you introduce our first two for the day be happy to uh, this morning we have jordan jackson who is the ceo of security central here in centennial colorado and todd kemp todd is a convened chair uh, out of the Castle Rock area so, here in Colorado. So Todd and 
And Jordan, welcome to I Work Ram. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're, we're excited. We, we're excited to capture your stories. We really are. So one of the things that we always love to just get a, a little glimpse into your life and let our listeners kind of know who you are is for you to share how you became a follower of Jesus Christ. So Jordan, why don't we stop, start with you this morning? Uh, sure. I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, grow up in a home that uh, my mom was a, a strong believer. Uh, and so I uh, l- learned from her and went mm-hmm. to church with her. Unfortunately, we were kind of a split family. My dad did not share uh, as strong a faith, and I uh, remember us all going to church uh, when I was young, but uh, by the time I reached uh, probably 11 or 12, uh, my memory changed to uh, just my mom and me going to church, and my two brothers and dad uh, were no longer uh, coming with us. We were still an intact family, but uh, they, they were not coming to church. But uh, I, I felt God's uh, you know hand on my life from an early age, and have been uh, following him uh, you know, pretty much my whole life. Excellent. And Todd Kemp, how about you? How did you become a follower of Jesus? So I too, like Jordan, grew up in a, in a faith-following home. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my case, both my parents were believers. And uh, going to church in an early age, at one point went to a, um, he was five years old, went to a children's program in the evening. And uh, I, I, I can say that I, I uh, came to church through a dummy or came to Christ through a dummy. Uh, literally, there was a puppet at the front that they used for this program, uh-huh. and it just drew us in. There was an altar call, but I tell you what, my uh, my pants were nailed to the pew. I, there was no way I was walking up front in front of all those people, but my aunt uh, prayed with me that evening to uh, receive Christ. Excellent. So at what point in time uh, did you, Jordan, realize that the Lord cared as much about your work, working in security, as I understand you do, did he care just as so much about that work as if you were a pastor of a church? Yeah, you know, I was uh, very fortunate to go to Westmont College, a small Christian college, uh, studied economics and business there. Uh, the college was very uh, mission-oriented, uh, and for those of us in the you know, business majors that uh, may have felt a little uh, less than uh, mm-hmm. those who were going into full-time uh, ministry, uh, but the, the business professors were really good about uh, helping us see how you know, our faith could integrate into or should integrate into uh, our work and our business uh, efforts, and so uh, from the very beginnings of my business career, uh, I had that intention that uh, I wanted to be a a light to the business world. I wanted to be as successful as I could for God's kingdom, uh, not just for my own personal uh, comfort. So talk to us about your involvement with Convene. So I got involved with Convene uh, about five years ago. Uh, It was uh, a, a bit of a, uh, a risk for me uh, to, uh, to do that. I had never done anything like it before, uh, but I felt that I needed, um, one, some accountability. Uh, it's dangerous, I think, to be at the top and have to answer to no one. Uh, and I recognized that it would probably be a good idea to either form a board of directors for myself uh, or find another group that would uh, be a bit of an accountability uh, for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also knew 
even though I'd been successful and thought I was a fairly good leader, that there was always more I could learn. And uh, when I learned about uh, Convene and what it offered, I felt that it kind of served both purposes, that uh, having a group of peers to kind of uh, hold me accountable, keep me on track, and uh, having Todd and the others to learn from uh, has been a great, great uh, experience for me. And it actually uh, opened my eyes to the fact that I was actually a horrible leader, not the great leader that I thought I was, uh, and had a lot of growing to do. <laughs> also, somebody took your crown off. And yes. Said, Oh, underneath <laughs> the crown, there was rotted flesh. Got it. All right. So, Todd, talk about being con a convened chair. You've been a convened chair now for a decade, you told me. That's right. Ten years. So, so talk about the interaction. When you work with guys like Jordan Jackson, what, what is this like? What does it mean to be a convened chair? What's convene all about? Uh, you know, I, I think of it in terms of, uh, I, I guess there's five different elements that, that we, uh, we bring into the conversation. Um, I think, first of all, as a platform. Um, helping people understand that their business can be used as a platform to uh, reach people for Christ, to serve people as a shepherd for Christ, um, and, uh, and, and that, that kind of a dynamic, right? Bring their faith into that, into that aspect. Uh, second of all is for people who want to uh, work on helping their people, um, uh, serving their people, and finding new ways to uh, you know, lead their people into healthy organizational dynamics. Third, I would say, is purpose, is to come to a realization that their business, there's a, there's a bunch of purpose, there's a bunch of meaning and mission all around them. Uh, fourth is higher performance for the organization. And then finally, peers, to do this together with a group of other like-minded business owners and CEOs who have the, have the scar tissue that they are in the process of building um, around their own leadership and stewardship. So you, it's a lot, but you have fun every day just feeding into the lives of Christian business owners and leaders. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's a, it's a ton of fun. It's hard work. It's the hardest work I've ever done, though. What makes it so hard? Um, I have I to do... I need a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People like Jordan show up. And Jordan's <laughs> being modest. Uh, he's he's been, been an incredible leader. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of hard conversations that we have together. A lot of hard conversations about leadership, about bringing faith into the conversation, sometimes about teenagers that you know, people are, are struggling with. And so to have to do that work myself first to be able to get to that point is what's ch challenging. You've been with Marketplace Chaplains for a number of years already. You are the one that got Jordan Jackson to say, yes, I'll take, a, I'll take a chaplain on staff. I would love to take credit for that, Jim, but actually it was Todd. Well, well, let's hear it the was story. a wonderful story because we are uh, we work closely with our uh, convened chairs. Um, that opportunity gives us access to folks like Jordan, and so we uh, we were able to make a connection through our uh, marketing uh, department, Jeanette Robert, and uh, we were able to. We love Jeanette Robert. Jeanette's awesome, and we uh, we were able to connect with Jordan, and uh, we started up with him back in uh, 2017. So how often do you have a chaplain coming to Security Central? Well, we have a male and a female chaplain who are in the business every week okay. and uh, usually on a pretty routine basis. And uh, we try to keep that continuity and consistency going so the employees are aware when they, you know, it's 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning and they see somebody walk through the door, they know the chaplain's on the way. So, Jordan, what kind of impact has that made on Security Central? Yeah, you know, it's been a great addition to our team. Uh, 
just like Jeff was describing earlier, you know, I felt that it was my role to try to, you know, minister to and, and maybe, you know, pastor as best I could uh, the employees, uh, but recognized that it's scary to walk into the owner's office mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's an intimidation factor uh, that was really, you know, a barrier to people sharing fully. Uh, and when my general manager, who, you know, people are able to connect with her much better uh, in our leadership team meeting one day, she rattled off that nearly half of our employees had shared with her some sort of significant personal challenge that they were going through. And, and I realized, man, you know, there's a real need there. Uh, and I don't think that we're well enough equipped to really handle that need well. Uh, we need some profes- professional help, and uh, that's where uh, Marketplace Chaplains has been so a did, huge benefit. Did, did that come up in conversation in your convene group? Is that how you heard about I mean, how did you hear about Marketplace Chaplains? Yeah, it was through the convene group. Uh, some of the other uh, group members uh, were already using Marketplace Chaplains, so I'd heard the stories of what they do and everything. So when, when I realized you know, that the size of the need that I had, I realized that I need to call them right away. Yeah. So then how was that rece- <coughs> excuse me how was that received by your employees then when you they found out you were going to be having chaplains come in on a weekly basis I think like with most uh, new programs, whatever the program is, there's there's a fairly healthy level of skepticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it takes a while for them to get used to, uh, okay, who, who are they? What are they going to be like? What are they doing? Uh, and just like Jeff said, it's that routine of just every week them stopping by and just being super friendly and making the rounds and checking in, hey, how you doing? Uh, that they get really comfortable with them. And uh, all of a sudden the barriers come down. And uh, when there is a need, the they're comfortable reaching out and saying, hey, you know, can we talk? Excellent. Yeah. So how long has it been you've had a chaplain on, on location? About two years now. So when you look at the culture, the impact on the culture of your company, how many employees do you have? About 50. 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have 50 people. How many uh, customers? Um, about 8,000. Okay. Yeah. How have you, how has the, having a chaplain on staff impacted those 50 people and those 8,000 customers? What do, you, what do you see as the impact? So, so the impact on the employees is obviously more direct than on the uh, customers, but how we serve our customers, I, I think, you know, certainly gets noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things about Marketplace Chaplains is the confidentiality of those conversations that are had between my employee and the uh, chaplain. So quite honestly, I can't give you any, you know, personal stories of, oh, yeah, this of employee. So. If you uh, could, then we'd have an right, issue, wouldn't exactly. we? Exactly. <laughs> right. uh, so, uh, but what I do love is, you know, getting the quarterly report when we have the, the, the meeting with uh, Jeff and his team to just hear how many side conversations have occurred uh like wow i didn't realize it was that many so you know people are taking advantage of uh that resource that the chaplains are there for them because i think the reality is you said at the very beginning it was you know one of your um executive team came to you and said you know half of our employees are struggling with stuff that's pretty significant it doesn't make those necessarily go away but they have a place a safe place to go and start having a conversation with someone We've got a lot of people cram on the show today. So, so Jordan, I want to make sure I get, get at least one really big nugget from you. You've got a reputation in this community for really giving back into the community. How do you see, I mean, what is it, what is it that the Lord has prompted you to do to give back into the community? What's that look like? 
Well, we, we, we do so in a number of ways. It really stems from uh, a vision that, that I believe uh, the Lord laid on my heart of how we can minister in business. And, and so we talk about our four circles of impact. Uh, it starts with our employees. They're the first circle. We can mm-hmm. have a positive impact on them. Uh, second circle is our customers. Third circle is our community. And fourth circle is the world. And so uh, everything that we do as a company is geared around positively impacting lives and each of those four circles. Uh, And so we want a really healthy uh, employee group that can serve a really healthy customer base that can then help uh, our community uh, flourish more. And so part of that uh, is through, you know, our community service projects that we do quarterly. It's through what we call our million dollar impact initiative, where we've committed to give away a million dollars to other uh, mission-based charities, both locally and internationally, that are having a positive impact on people that we may never meet and places that we may never visit. Uh, But we want to make sure that uh, we are using the resources that God has given us uh, to positively impact lives. Do you also put that possum of that money back into ministering to your own people? I mean, there's, I mean, you hear a lot of business, Christian business owners giving money away, but there's also that care of the team because the team also has needs. Do you guys have something specific to minister to the team too as well? Yeah, so we certainly talk about the the, the first goal, that first circle Mm -hmm. is the employees and and the the vision for that is that our employees thrive both personally and professionally. And so it starts there. And uh, and so uh, we, we certainly, you know, try to provide things for them to enable them to thrive because uh, we know that if they're not thriving, the whole rest of the right. model breaks takes down. takes everybody down. Yep. Todd Kemp, you get a chance to work with guys like Jordan Jackson every day. How, ma- how many guys do you have in your community group here? So I think we have eight right now. Eight guys. Mm-hmm. And, and these business owners, when they come to con- – well, let's just talk about what's your favorite part of being a convene chair? You know, I love being able to uh, wrestle with the, the conversations that Jordan was talking about. Um, and, and it's different for everyone. But helping them wrestle with the real issues – of how do I integrate this stuff into my work? And um, uh, just some of those are just really fun conversations. Some of those are really hard conversations. Um, but uh, everybody is wrestling with, with this from a, from a place of, of really honestly wanting to serve the kingdom. When, did you wrestle? I mean, you, before you became a convene chair, what did you do? I was in business brokerage for about five years prior to that, and I had a high-tech background before that. When you were in that high, those two jobs, business brokerage, that's fantastic, and high-tech background, were you working on it? I mean, who taught you how to integrate your faith into hmm. your work? There, there was a moment in business brokerage where I got a phone call one day uh, from a prospective buyer who wanted to find out about uh, what does it take to sell their company and what roughly would it be worth. We, get, we got those calls a lot, sure. like several a week. And I was probably a couple of years into it at that point. And as this person called, they, they introduced themselves, said their name, and I felt this, I, I can only explain it, it was the Holy Spirit told me right then, this person is getting a divorce. And five minutes later into the conversation, he said, so my wife wants a divorce and wants to know, you know, what the company's worth and so on. And so we went through the regular conversation of the business brokerage stuff, and at the end, I just felt compelled to uh, ask if I could pray for him right then. And I had never done anything like that in my life. And I was, like, I was just shaking hmm. to beat the band at that point. And I offered that, and he said, oh, that would just be wonderful. So I prayed for him right then. I got off the phone, and I, 
I didn't have the presence of mind to get his phone number or his name at that point. I was just shaken so much. But I realized that there was something to this. God wanted to be involved in my work. That's powerful. And that's, so is that the kind of things that you see that draw people towards convene? Something's going on in their life that God's revealing to them that there's more and they need some help? Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's something going on uh, that God's stirring in their hearts mm-hmm. in one way or another. Um, I've heard one member put it um, when he was first starting up, you know, I've got some really good people and I've realized I owe it to them to become a better leader. Mm. Um, it is way, you know, one person mm-hmm. put it. Mm-hmm. When you see a business owner or a leader bring in a chaplain, what do you see as it, how do you see it impact the culture of the company? You know, I, I guess to back up a little bit on that is it is hard to do what Jordan's doing. And that is being a kingdom-minded, intentional business owner and leader in this era. Our culture does not make it easy. In mm-hmm. fact, it, makes, it goes out of its way to make it hard mm-hmm. on guys like Jordan. And so what I've seen happen is when uh, Marketplace comes back in, comes into an organization, um, the employees, uh, they come alive and, and they send emails to the, to the CEO saying, I love that you care so much about us to bring this in. And that's the power behind chaplaincy. And that's also the power behind having a mentor like you, Todd Kemp, in their lives. I love that. Mm -hmm. Todd Kemp with Convene. Check him out online, convenenow.com. Jordan Jackson with Security Central, securitycentralinc.com. Thanks for being on iWork for him today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. You know, I'd love to be able to give credit where credit is due. Jeff Reinhart with Marketplace Chaplains has worked really hard to pull together a whole bunch of shows for us here in Littleton. And Jeff, you've done a fantastic job. I want to talk about chaplaincy, though, for just a second if we could just open up with i mean marketplace chaplains you know when when we talk to business owners and leaders and organizational leaders when they bring in a chaplain they never they do it because somebody else said this would be a really good idea but once they've experienced it they go holy smokes this has just impacted everything about our organization from top to bottom why did you get involved in chaplaincy oh it was a wonderful question i was walking through the lobby of our church and I heard the, the receptionist say, no, I don't know anybody who wants to be a chaplain to the person on the other end of the phone. Hmm. And I said, I will take that call. Thank you very much. And uh, so I made the connection with our folks. And it had been on my heart for quite a while to serve further. And it just gave me an opportunity to uh, develop and uh, go back to what I love, which was business uh, and working with businesses and bringing uh, Christ into that business. We talked over breakfast today uh, about you, you had a 35-year career with a big company. And, and when you found out about chaplaincy, you, you made a comment to us, to Martha and I, over breakfast. What was that comment? Well, I had 320 employees that worked with us. And, uh, I mean, had I known that Marketplace Chaplains existed, I would have taken that burden from myself, the HR folks, and allowed our chaplains to then share and build relationships with our employees. And uh, we didn't have that. We didn't have the knowledge up in uh, the upper Midwest at that time. Well, and, and that's part of why we wanted you guys on the air. We really wanted people to hear the stories and be, mm-hmm. become more and more aware of what's going on with Marketplace Chaplains. Now, here in the Colorado area, you've got a territory. I think you said over, over breakfast, you said Colorado, Wyoming, mm-hmm. South Dakota, and Montana. Montana. Right. So there's some pretty remote regions there. So here in Colorado, here in the greater Denver area that we're in, 
How many chaplains do you have? We have 40 chaplains in this area. and we 40? 40, wow. And we are currently looking for more. Our business is good. We are expanding. We are filling roles that we are always excited about having opportunities with new uh, client companies to, to share and to build relationships with their employees. So if somebody wants to talk to you here in the greater Denver area, how do they get a hold of you? Very simply, just uh, we can uh, connect through uh, the mychap.com. Uh, uh, mychapusa.com uh, on the website, and they can get my contact information and call me, 970-420-8491, and uh, they can just connect with me there, or they can uh, fill out an application on marketplacechaplainsministries.com. Uh, very good. mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. That's a great way to do it. Jeff, you've brought in a couple of your local chaplains here to share some stories. Why don't you introduce them? I'd be happy to. Uh, I'm going to start with my uh, uh, one of my longest-running chaplains, Jay Ortley, has been a chaplain with us since uh, 2000 wow. and uh, has an esteemed background with some uh, kind of difficult uh, uh, places to serve. Uh, Sometimes we end up in car dealerships. Car dealerships are wonderful places. We love everybody there, but it can be a challenge because uh, you're dealing with, you know. Uh, careful, careful. Yeah. I sold used cars for 15 years now. Come on. <laughs> now, I sold used cars as well, Jim, and it was one of the most fun times of my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, except for the seven days a week thing. Um, so, but yeah, we had some great opportunities to share and build relationships, and Jay has done a wonderful job with that. And uh, we have Kent Stevens. Kent is one of our newer chaplains, been with us a couple of years, and uh, serves a large company in the Golden Area. And uh, we are just thrilled to have him on with his ministry background. Both Jay and Kent have uh, uh, ministry backgrounds and uh, serve with us part-time. All right. Well, Jay and Kent, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Good, Good to, to be, be here, here, Jim. So as I understand it, you guys are both Four Walls Church pastors as well as Marketplace pastors. That's correct. Correct. Okay, yeah. so so I'm going to really hit you guys with some hard questions today. Okay, because... because <laughs> Hold on tight. Because so, here's the deal. In our country today, Jesus followers would be a lot better off if guys like you would teach them every Sunday that their work mattered to God. Mm-hmm. If guys like you would equip them for the 95% of their lives that they live outside of the four walls of the church, how do you, Jay Ortley? prepare your congregation because you have a congregation today right? you're a pastor of a church today right right i'm an associate pastor okay yes. so well that's what's that mean okay well i'm an associate i'm not i'm not the super dude okay <laughs> how so do you ever get a chance to preach i do sweet uh-huh. so how would you get a chance to preach how do you make sure that the congregation is hearing that their work matters to god well when it first came to my attention was when i was a, a new christian myself and i was how uh, long ago was that that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> I was in middle school. Okay. And my brother went away to college, and we were both raised in a church that didn't really teach the Bible. But I uh, went to church, um, and uh, my favorite song it was out of a Baptist hymnal we had, which I didn't understand but later on. But uh, I love to tell the story. That was my favorite song. I didn't know anything about what in the world it meant. But um, I became a Christian through my brother, and... Um, he started me memorizing verses, and he was a new Christian too, so it was kind of amazing, but he asked me to memorize, let's see, Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Wow. And in those days, it was uh, King James Version all the way, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, in everything you do, 
you know, uh, do you work heartily? You work heartily as unto the Lord, and not for men, knowing it is of the Lord that you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Mm-hmm. So I, I would start with that, and I have uh, from the pulpit. But uh, the fact that work, uh, any kind of work that you do, if you do it for Christ, that's the way to go about it. Ken, what about you? Are you? Uh, what, what role do you play in the Four Walls Church? Um, my current staff position is care coordinator for the church, okay. so I make a lot of hospital calls and home visits, things like that. Do you that. ever get a chance to preach? Uh, no. You never get a chance to preach. No. All right, we got to work on that. we got to get you up in there in a pulpit. Because you guys get this. You guys get this, that, that, they're, that everybody that leaves the Four Walls Church on Sunday at noontime or whatever, that they're heading out into the mission field. And they need to be, and they've got, they've got a chance. Uh, there was a statistic just released that people, that, that the congregation has an eight, people that are out there in the marketplace have an 840% greater chance of running into non-believers than the pastor ever will. I mean, the numbers Absolutely. are staggering. So at, what, what drew you to chaplaincy then in the marketplace? Go, go ahead, UJ first. What about the chaplaincy? Yeah, I mean, what, what, what drew you to being a chaplain? So you're already busy at church. What, what yeah. drew you to being a chaplain out there in the marketplace? Well, yeah, I was pastoring a small church, a new church, and uh, I found out uh, through a friend of mine that I could get into the Army National Guard and uh, be a chaplain there because I'd had a military background and I was an officer, and so I, I came in as a chaplain in the Army National Guard mm-hmm. and served in that capacity for 20 years. I retired. Wow. And I found out to my joy that I could carry on the same kind of ministry in the marketplace with uh, going to businesses. So I, uh, I uh, joined Marketplace Chaplains with one of the first two chaplains in Colorado. Uh, but you use that R word. Which part of the Bible did you read about that R word and that retired word? <laughs> I haven't well, found that word. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, again, one of those concepts that as pastors, you guys have the opportunity to speak truth into people. That it, because Jesus followers in this country have been lied to and they've been told that it's okay to retire, check out, mm-hmm. and enjoy and have pleasure and just, just play golf and get seashells and sand between their right. toes. Uh, so Kent, as you you're working, at, I know Jay. You said you're working at a car dealership. That's one of your chaplaincy spots. Kent, you've got wh- what is your chaplaincy spot? Um, I work for a large manufacturing company okay. that focuses in kind of high tech, high end products that that they serve or produce for a variety of um, uh, companies across the country and across hmm. the world. So what do you see, walk, walk our listeners through what it is like for you to um, go and visit this manufacturing organization. Okay. Um, I try to, uh, I work in four manufacturing plants and there are about 600 men within those plants and we, we have um, a framework where a male chaplain focuses on men employees mm-hmm. and a female chaplain for, for female employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about 600 men. Um, it's kind of a, there is a, an element of security because there's some um, government contracts and stuff. So it's a matter of uh, signing in and uh, that they know you're in the building. Uh, but from then on, it's just a matter of really, I try to cover every hallway, every nook and cranny, every uh, machine looking for people. Uh, and uh, with my eyes open and having prayed, you know, God, show me the opportunity to be the chaplain that you want me to be today. Uh, so just with those eyes, uh, and it just starts with a friendly greeting to people, and you can read their body language and expressions, either 
they're open to it or not today. Uh, mm -hmm. So it may just be a friendly wave to them um, and stop by later. If I don't see them at their post, I may leave a note there just to let them know that I noticed that they weren't there, but I was thinking about them. So it's just, it's the conversations looking for the opportunity to go deeper. One of the things that we do is uh, we operate on a voluntary basis with the employees of the companies that mm -hmm. we serve. So if they choose not to participate in the chaplain service, we respect that. Um, we're always there. We, do not, we don't walk by their cubicle and say, well, can't talk to you because you said no. We are intentional and we still say hello and we still uh, operate under the guise that eventually they're going to give us that opportunity. Uh, one of our chaplains had been serving with a, uh, uh, in a company for nine years and had been walking by this lady's uh, area for nine years. And every time it was no, go away. No, go away. Hmm. Nine years to the day that nine she met years. her, the woman walked out, grabbed her, hugged her and said, today's the day we need to talk. So it may be an immediate connection. It may be a six-month connection. It may be a nine-year connection. But the relationship builds connection. Nine years. That's nine some years. serious perseverance. It is. So, Kent, the kind of conversation you have, give me, you got 30 seconds. Tell me about, the, you're walking through a manufacturing plant, 600 guys you're, you're at four different locations. What are some of the things you get a chance to talk about? Just, I mean, in, in generic fashion. Well, really, the sky's the limit. Oftentimes, it'll be personal problems at home, either in a marriage or I've recently worked with a guy with teenagers that he's just really struggling with. And Nobody's ever heard that story before. That's right. <laughs> and having been there and done that, you know, uh, not that I certainly didn't have all the answers, but at least was able to share some of my journey and struggle sure. in that, too. So. Uh, uh, it can also be a work-related problem as well that they're struggling with a supervisor or something like that and uh, to just listen mainly. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, if there is a way that we can resource or support them, uh, we're looking to do that too. Any way that we can uh, be of assistance uh, and support them. And we're so grateful to be here in Littleton, Colorado, courtesy of Marketplace Chaplains. Jeff Reinhardt has done a grand job of getting some great guests for us. Check them out online, mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. If you run an organization and you've got people in that organization, which that's pretty much how you run an organization, <laughs> you've got people that have needs. You've got people that are hurting. You have people that have issues. They're not going to tell you those issues if you're running their organization. If you're a middle-level manager, you know your people have issues. They're not going to tell you their issues because they're afraid that that's going to impact their job. Having a chaplain in your organization changes everything. And it enables you to do your job more effectively in running an organization because you know that somebody's taking care of ministering on your behalf to the people that work all around you each and every day. Marketplace Chaplains is a place you should call mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. Jeff Reinhardt, as the Executive Director of Operations for Marketplace Chaplains, talk to us about the biggest struggle in recruiting chaplains. Oh, it's a myriad of things. Uh, we get an opportunity to talk to so many wonderful people across the country. Mm -hmm. We look at referrals from uh, our chaplains, our current chaplains, and we look at uh, opportunities that uh, are in front of us. One of the things that we have to look at is not every location that we serve 
is the correct fit for a particular chaplain. Oh. So we have to go and uh, uh, fine-tune that chaplain a little bit uh, or find another chaplain that is a better fit. So um, the chaplain and the owner don't mesh? Is that what you're saying? Or? Not necessarily. It could be a, uh, a timing issue. Uh, we may oh. not serve correctly. At the Our chaplain may not be available when that occurs. Uh, mm-hmm client company wants us there uh, we look at uh, uh, some of the things for example Jay does a Bible study uh, at uh, one of the accounts that he serves and we don't have that opportunity all the time but when we do our chaplains must be able to uh, organize commit to a long-term Bible study as well so talk to us a little bit about what um, the requirements are for somebody that wants to become a chaplain I mean do they all have to have an MDiv in order to um, you know, qualify or somebody with a, a pa- compassionate heart, what does it take? If you have a compassionate heart and you can build a relationship one-on-one, look somebody in the eye and bring Christ into them through your actions, your words, and your deeds, that's what I'm looking for. Um, we have uh, opportunities for pastors. We have opportunities for lay leaders. We have opportunities for people that just embrace Christ. And do these people, so I want our listeners to just really understand this, because we've talked about it before, but so what if they aren't looking for something full-time? What if they only have five or 10 hours a week that they're looking for some purposeful investing? The majority of our chaplains are part-time folks, and they can serve in a four-wall church, or they can serve at a company. Uh, We have uh, several of our employees that are full-time employees with another company that want to do two five, ten hours a week. So we take whatever time they have available and uh, whatever opportunities. And we get, again, we try to match them correctly with the right mm-hmm. company client. Mm-hmm. So Jay Orley, you've been doing this almost 20 years. Correct. <laughs> so that means that you must like it. I do like it. Yes, I do. What is it you I like best it. about being a chaplain? Well, I, I was always looking for an opportunity to share my faith and as a pastor, you're within the four walls of the church and the people there, and you spend a lot of time with them. And uh, so I found the opportunity as a chaplain to get outside those walls and go to people who may never darken a church door. Mm-hmm. And you have the opportunity to build a friendship, a relationship, and that's why I love doing what I do. Because Excellent. you can go from uh, building a friendship to talking about, like talking about the Broncos or the the other sports teams or the weather, but you make it trans transform it into a spiritual right. conversation with the right questions when the time is right. And how do you do that with used car sales guys? Oh man, they're great. <laughs> they're salesmen. They I get along well with them. Uh, and it's new cars too. They sell both. But uh, and uh, I tell you, it's what it's interesting is to go into the technicians, uh, the mechanics in that area. Uh, when I was in the Army, we'd have services in the motor pool, and we called it the Greasy Cathedral <laughs> <laughs> instead of the Crystal Cathedral. So I was right at home going into talking with, uh, with the mechanics, the technicians. So I go to them one day, and I go to the sales uh, staff and others the next day. But, but those both people are on the clock trying to make money. I mean, the the uh, service technicians, they get paid based on how well they perform and how much how fast they can get stuff done and get it done well so they can mm-hmm. get on to the next thing. They get billable hours. And the sales guys, they're always, they need to be talking to customers and they're always fighting for that person walking onto the parking lot, you know, like a horde. How do you, I mean, how do you get them to pay attention to you? 
Well, there are their in-between times when they're not uh, really accomplishing what they came to do, and they're lining up appointments with the phone or the computer. And uh, I don't get to talk to all of them every time I go there because they are involved with selling cars. And um, so I go from person to person, and if I have a chance to talk with them for a while, that's what I do. That's so amazing because the just the opportunity that you have to be there at any point in time. I mean, obviously, you're on a schedule. They, you know, you know when you're going to be there, but you don't know what they're going to be experiencing at the time. Right. So, um, I'm also hearing you say it takes somebody with some flexibility, just to 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 know that it's not going to be an agenda all the time. It's that mm-hmm. it's let God open the doors. So let's talk about that. How do you um, allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your days instead of making your own agendas. Ken? Well, starting with prayer is a good first start. Um, Mm. But then also a a sensitivity that we've already kind of alluded to that we can't just walk onto the floor and have a 20-minute conversation with an employee that's on the clock. So there's a sensitivity to, to that, that it has to be a reasonable conversation. But if there, if there is a sense that there's more, that the Holy Spirit has connected us, then we say, you know, would you like to talk during a break um, when they're not on the clock or after work and usually invite them to go you know, grab a cup of coffee or something, but get them away from work. And sometimes that's what they would rather do is talk away from work. Sure. Uh, so that is also the flexibility part. We uh, promise as a a chaplain organization that we're available 24-7, and whether or not I personally am available, I work with a team that is available, so someone would be available to respond. Uh, But through the phone, uh, we don't have to be anywhere close and still available. Ken, that manufacturing plant that you uh, visit all the time, is that run by a Jesus follower? I mean, mean, how did the... Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a family that uh, faith is a very important part mm. of of their life, uh, and uh, they want to influence uh, uh, the organization that they uh, are involved with, so that they can um, provide that opportunity for their employees. Do you get a chance ever to minister to the leaders? I mean, ever get a chance to I mean to touch base with the people running the place? Um, I get the opportunity to interact with a lot of uh, supervisors, um, um, uh, the uh, organi- uh, the top leadership in the plants themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see the top leadership very often. You don't get we exposed do. to the executives. We do have a team that deals with the uh, offers the services and deals with the folks in the corporate office. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Jay Ortley, just a, one of, is is the car dealership the only place you go to, or do you have multiple places you get to go to? I get a I go to a couple other places as well. Okay, so what is, are, are they all are all the places you go to are they all run by Jesus followers? In this case, um, they are. Okay, so they Jeff, are. Jeff, how do, you know there, there are people listening to the show today that are Christ followers that work in places that need a chaplain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but their boss isn't necessarily a Jesus follower. And so they're like, how can I convince my boss? How can I convince the owner, the leader of the organization, to bring in a chaplain because it's so powerful? How do I, what, what, what are some of the arguments I can use? We just had a great opportunity for ourselves in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Exactly the same thing. The owner is not, but his top-tier executives are believers. So the uh, one of the team brought our services uh, to the owner. 
the owner said, Matt, I don't want that. That's just going to disrupt. It's going to cause problems in the workplace, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the, the team kept after him, and they kept saying, no, here's what it's going to do. It's going to free us up as managers, top-line managers. It's going to free your HR department up. It's going to give your employees a sense of belonging and a sense of a relationship. And so we are now bringing that new company on. And it also communicates love and appreciation to the employee. It it's does. a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's really important. And we had Jeanette Robert on one time uh, talking about that when, when she was at a, uh, an HR convention. Yes. And, and talking about how HR professionals across the country see chaplaincy as a, as a huge value. They really do. One of the things, you know, that I just wanted to kind of circle back around to is the fact, Jay, that you were talking about um, having the joy of wanting to get to do chaplaincy. And I think that's one of the things that we want our listeners to hear, that these these are people that want to go into these businesses and make relationships and share love with them. So we're out of time, gentlemen, but I want to thank you for just sharing a little bit of your stories. Ken Stevens, as you've been a chaplain and you get to, to walk those hallowed halls in the manufacturing plant, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thank Appreciate you. It. Jay Ortley, as you get to play with used car guys and car guys all day long, I think that's fantastic. I'm a little <laughs> jealous of that. I miss that world. Jeff Reinhardt, just a fantastic job bringing people on today's show. Uh, sharing great stories from all over the Denver area, because these guys aren't all from Littleton, but they're all from all over the Denver area. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. MCHAPUSA.com, MCHAPUSA.com. Check out Marketplace Chaplains. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.